This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Home and Away, the Tuesday episode on the No Ceilings podcast feed. I am your host this week, Tyler Metcalf. I'm very excited for this episode as I'm joined by the host of the Tag the Roll podcast, the host of They've Got Now, a regular guest on the Game Theory podcast and the Athletics Daily Ding. He also writes for Indie Cornrows and Uproxx. He is the one and only Mark Schindler. Mark, how's it going? I'm good, Tyler. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a, a very whirlwind December so far. Somehow it feels like we're both further into december and and not in december at all so it's been uh it's been a fun couple of weeks man um how's everything on your end yeah no it, it's that fun time of the year where it's it's equally flying by and freezing at the same time so, <laughs> exactly um yeah j- just getting in the holiday holiday swing of things put up uh lights outside for the first time this nice. year uh, this week nice. when the wife and i went and got a christmas tree uh today so you know our, our first christmas in a house it's it's coming together oh, that's awesome um, and congrats yeah. I, I, how about you? you do, do you guys do anything for the holidays or traditions or anything you're really looking forward to? Uh, honestly, not not anything like too crazy. Um, like my my parents, I, I'm still back with my parents now because I just graduated two years ago um, and I'm, I'm moving out in spring. But yeah, like right. I have been very not <laughs> super helpful in getting stuff up. I helped with the I helped bring out the tree and get decorations brought up to, to the to the main floor of the house but outside that i've been uh i i mean i did so i've gotten christmas shopping done early this year for oh, me at least i uh, i have gifts coming in say. before the week of christmas <laughs> i normally i am a bad person i'm a christmas eve shopper typically so um yeah we're we're at least one step ahead in that regard this year there we go you know it's, it's just baby steps I- incremental exactly. growth you know yeah. um so I, I was really excited to have you on. Um, and obviously, Appreciate since you're the guest, I wanted to talk about some prospects that you were excited about. So you pitched to me uh, Judd Howard, um, which active listeners will know I'm a massive fan of uh, Julian Phillips, who I was really excited about because he's I'm I really like his game, but I'm also really confused by it. We'll obviously get into more of it later. Um, and then Juris Howard, who I proposed to you and you eagerly accepted so i i think these are three really fun prospects for this draft um so of those three uh where where would you want to start out uh let's start with jet because i think jet okay. is especially after that minnesota game um i was talking to my buddy zach who zach miller who i run tag the role with um because he was like no you got to watch the minnesota game because like i already was really high on jet like coming into the year he mm-hmm. wasn't really on any boards um, and I thought like pretty firmly that he was a first round prospect coming into the year, just based off what he was doing at IMG. Um, and I think that's played out easily, but then, like I was saying, I, in the, in the Minnesota game, he started finding like a level of comfortability on the ball that looks like even more so 
than I, I think I had felt like he already, like, I think it's fair to say that he's Michigan's best passer and has been since the start of the season. Um, but now like the things that he's starting to show just in terms of putting together the ball handling, playmaking and driving ability, it's like, it's, it's pretty exciting, especially with what he did in that Minnesota game. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I, I think, one of the biggest early season risers for, for sure. consensus boards. Um, like you, I, I had a really high grade on him coming into the year. I, I have him like top 15, and I didn't really understand why most people kind of had him second round at best. Yeah. Um, so what what do you think the reasoning behind that was just with him coming out of IMG? Because there was a ton of talent on that team, and they were an awesome and really fun team to watch. And then what kind of made you deviate away from those consensus boards that had him later in the draft? And what did you see coming out of IMG that you were like, this, this dude's a first rounder. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think uh, my assumption, I'd have to talk to people and, you know, gauge sure. why they, they didn't see it with him. But my assumption is more just, I mean, he's, he was viewed as like the fourth best prospect on that team this last year when he was a senior, which is wild to think about. But I mean, Keontae George, Jairus, Jairus Walker, um Jaden Bradley um like that's a that's a that's a damn good yeah. team and uh I mean, their talent behind them isn't awesome they were they were not very very deep last year but then I mean even then you go up the year before like okay Musa Diabate is on that team um like they've had a lot of talent the last couple years so I'd imagine that plays part of it but like I mean like you're saying too it's also like well I think that arguably you'd have your eyes on him more so you'd think like okay well right shouldn't shouldn't there be more <laughs> projection here but um and then for me like i don't know just in watching him i was like okay this dude is a pretty easy six seven maybe taller he's got size like he's not wiry like he's coming in at 225 230 and he plays like it too and then it's just the the actual like functional handle at his size with real playmaking ability like no he wasn't doing like primary reads and stuff like that but in terms of you know, being a secondary shot making wing who granted like his shot has looked better this year than I expected. Like I thought, I thought he was going to be a good shooter and he's been one of the best shooters in college basketball to start the year, which I'm interested to see if that, you know, falls off a little bit, but granted, like even if percentages dip, like what he's doing variety wise and difficulty wise, it's been really impressive. Um, But I think again, like it's gone from me thinking, okay, this could be a really interesting starting like secondary wing in the league someday to maybe there's like some untapped star side with him with what we started to see the last week or so um which is like i mean again like that's just that's mesmerizing um i think what's interesting too like um much about like kind of the same way we talk about brandon miller which the discussion on brandon miller's been not fun uh, recently but it's, um, it's been something yeah it's uh a lot of lacking in nuance but like with uh with Jet right now, like I think the idea is that he can become a, a three-level scorer. Um, he's not there yet. Like I think that again, like getting to the rim, he has no problem with, but he is a pretty below the rim finisher for his size. Um, so I think there's always gonna be some her- inherent uh flaws there. But then again, like it's the okay, well, the floater's already pretty reliable from him. Obviously, we, I mean we talked about the shooting and what that brings. And again, it's just like the actual ability to generate paint touches off of ball screens has been very real. So um that's without mentioning the defensive side of the ball, which, you know, that is definitely – there There are concerns there. But I think, again, it's with how much the offense has popped and continuing to show progress. Um, I mean, Jets, one of the most exciting players in the class. Yeah, so let, let's stick with the offense, the the, the fun part for now. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get, yes. we'll get to the defense 
in a minute. Um, at the start of the year, I, I wrote a piece just breaking down his off-ball movement and how he leverages that to create basically scoring opportunities for himself in all mm-hmm. areas of the floor, but then also for everyone else on the team, like you mentioned with his passing earlier. And Michigan will run like the same three or four plays for him just constantly over and over again, but there are like eight different options out of that for him to just basically make whatever decision he sees. And I, I just thought that was exceptionally rare for just a pure freshman obviously he's the coach's kid so there might be an extra level of trust there with him and recognition of what he's capable of um so he obviously he benefits from that but it's still really rare that you just let this freshman run a play and then just go through his progressions and take whatever the defense gives him the thing with that though is that it's like okay well this is an awesome off ball player and creator and scorer and there's just an inherent ceiling that comes with that in the nba but then, like you mentioned, with that Minnesota game, it's like, oh, he's starting to show a little more yeah. creation and comfort with the handle. And when he's c- coming off of these pin downs, they're blitzing him a little more and forcing him to pull pull it out and reset. And then he started attacking the mid-range and hitting these turnarounds. Do you think there's a lot more of that kind of self-iso creation to his game? Or do you think that he's probably going to be best fit as that kind of off-ball secondary tertiary creator? I still think he's best fit as like a secondary tertiary tertiary guy. But again, it's like it's those flashes of more that are going to get him drafted higher if if they keep up. Like that turnaround he hit was awesome. And I think it's less about the turnaround for me, more the I ended up clipping this today, but they ran um it was like an action going away. I think he came off of an of off of an Iverson into a handoff, um, going towards an empty corner, but then they they tried to trap him in the corner and he ended up, like you mentioned, like pulling the ball back out. Um, but then it was awesome because instead of trying to dribble through it, he knew he couldn't. So he just automatically flipped the ball to Hunter Dickinson, ran around the screen again, got the ball back and he ends up missing the floater. But it's like those like quick actions at his size with how well he can move around screens at time um, is like, that's really hard for people to guard, especially like, again, like you mentioned, the broken play stuff has been really fun from him. Um, And what's so weird with him too, is just like, trying to figure out who he is as an athlete because I think he at times got billed as a bad athlete. I wouldn't go there. I think he's a funky athlete. Like I talked about this with Sam uh, probably two weeks ago, but like he doesn't really have a lot of bend in uh, like he has like, he okay. So he can get like parallel with the ground. Like he, he has a lot of bend and flexibility in his legs and his upper body too, but his hips are really stiff. So like, he can do really good stuff in terms of like going like north south and doing like just being shifty with his dribble. But when uh, like you mentioned, in the past he takes off screens when he has to come off like a really um, like a, a rangy screen. Like if he's coming off of like out of the, again like out of the corner and you're trying to get him going to, towards the middle, like that takes work because it's like we saw with AJ Griffin last year where his paths are just so wide because he, a I think part of it might be footwork, but also just in general, his hips are pretty stiff. And that, I mean, that plays out on defense too. But again, like it's the, okay, well, when he does get the ball and he does make those little like 45 cut dimes, um, it's like, okay, well, there's not a lot of guys who can comfortably and fluidly drive with the ball in their hands while doing that. And um, so, you know, you're throwing your name in the hat with a pretty dynamic group of players when you're able to do things like that. Yeah, so – you you mentioned that you were really impressed by his passing. Um, what what about it really stood out to you? Was it just the variety, the accuracy, the vision, the processing, all of the above? 
I think it's all of the above. Like he has quite a few passes in the bag. Like they don't really have a lob threat, um, but he's capable of lobbing it. Like he's thrown quite a few lobs. The post entry passing is really good from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he just puts really good touch on the ball in general, uh, which I think is is huge. And I think it's the quickness and delivery too. Like he sees it while he's making it almost, it feels like. Or like, I mean, he sees it before, obviously, but it's not, there's not delayed reactions. Like if he is coming down middle and as soon as the 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 tagger is in trouble with where the pass is going he's throwing it and i think like that's again it's just the quickness with which he does it it's the accuracy um i've never like there hasn't really been a pass that i've seen from him where i'm like that was a a terrible pass um like i think you can always feel like right idea um i actually think he could get more risky with passes at times which i think that's something that i i mean maybe if he gets more on ball stuff we start to see that um, which could be fun, especially too, because like now um, I feel like we're getting a lot more of him just getting to run some middle pick and roll um, instead of, you know, him coming off of, you know, coming out of a, out of the corner, because especially with how Minnesota was playing, it felt like they were like, okay, well, we're just going to get you the ball in the middle of the floor now to try and make it harder for them to trap you on, um, you know, on the sideline. Um, and that's where you start seeing, okay, well, you can't give him an under. And if you do, well, he's good enough to push you on his hip and, and get downhill and yeah i mean when, when you talk about the kinds of reads that he has available to him and how he sees the court it makes it really impressive because like like again like you mentioned like he he's good at pulling pulling out but then also like okay he can throw an overhand or he's i i, I want to see more in terms of what he can do hitting the roller but um like throwing stuff cross body um he doesn't have to have you know two hands on the ball to make a really good read so, yeah, it, it feels like, especially for what has been asked of him so far, that I don't have any faults with his playmaking. So, going forward, it, it does really feel like he's starting to get more and more, or a longer and longer leash with what he's kind of being allowed to do, where it's not just mm-hmm. exclusively off ball movement and stuff like that, where we are getting a little more primary initiation from him um, because he's earning it. I and mean, he's really the only go to perimeter scorer on that team. Uh, Kobe Bufkin has had a nice little renaissance here um and i'm excited about it but love kobe he's oh my god he's so much fun um but i wouldn't exactly call him a reliable scorer and then hunter dickinson is hunter dickinson um so as the year kind of progresses what would be like on your wish list to see from jet going forward in terms of on ball uh create is it more of that kind of tough mid-range um creation shot ability where he's showing off his footwork and his balance and ability to hit those tough shots. Is it a little more just consistent pick and roll um, trying to find those skip passes to corner shooters who aren't necessarily on the team, but are in those spots. Yeah. I think for me, it would be more about um, seeing how he handles uh, ball pressure. Like, like we just saw in that Minnesota game, because like if he handles it like that throughout, which granted this Minnesota team is not awesome. Um, I think like they did some good things, but they're going to be near the bottom of the big 10 this year, most likely. Um, so how does he look against the team that applies a lot of pressure like Michigan state, um, that will play the big closer to the level. Like I want to see a, what does that look like? But I think the bigger thing for me is getting, just generating more paint touches, getting deeper looks, um, finding more ways to finish around the rim. Like, I think he's a guy who would be really interesting for me, like former Michigan guy, Franz Wagner. Can he do some of the, um, drive into a post up and then drive again like getting Mm. stuff like that like i think especially when you're looking at somebody who's more strength based when they're that big um that's where you 
like when they're inherent and not that Franz had issues finishing at the rim, obviously he was like a little bit more contact averse. Um, but partially because he just has that good of touch. But I think with jet, um, he's going to have to be pretty crafty to become a better rim finisher. If you like, especially like, like you mentioned with the footwork and, um, finding some go more go-to counters in the paint. So I think those are the things I'm looking for. Um, I'm not really like, I think the, obviously the mid range stuff is exciting, but I think like that's already, it feels like it's in his bag just yeah. based on what he has already. And what he showed at IMG, like maybe they give him some, like let him isolate and face up from like find, find crafty ways to face him up and get him out of post-ups um, on weaker defenders or, or on bigger defenders, like find ways to be inventive and get a, get a cross match on him and allow him opportunities to, okay, I have, you know, I'm, I'm in the far corner. I have a five on me and I, I have the baseline to my left and I have a little bit of r- wiggle room in space. Like, can you get him in some of those opportunities as to what he, what he can draw and, um, that kind of stuff I'd really like to see. Um, but granted, on just based on what their roster is right now, I think it's probably going to be harder to make some of that stuff happen um, and how much they kind of need to play through Hunter. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I think Michigan is just one of the more fascinating teams in general, even outside Jet, to watch the remainder of this year. They're definitely a funky Michigan team, especially compared to <laughs> their, their recent teams. Um, so just last thing on this offense, do you have any – concerns with his offense um one that kind of stands out for me is you you kind of mentioned it earlier he's not a bad athlete but he's not a great athlete just the the raw explosiveness isn't necessarily there and he kind of struggles to really pressure the rim unless it's coming off of you know those pin downs or off ball movement and stuff like that is there any part of his game or his offensive game um exclude or specifically that really worries you uh, I don't think I'd say that there's anything that worries me yet. Um, but I mean, like you mentioned, I think maybe uh, it's just because I'm inherently lower on the idea of him being a primary. So uh, at least like coming into the year, I just never viewed that as a possibility. So I think mm-hmm. it's more that that's just opened my eyes to it now and how he's starting to find things. Um, no, I don't think that I have any, any massive issues with it right now. All right. Perfect. Um, well, an area that, brings up a few more concerns is the defense. Yeah. Where are you at with that side of the ball? Um, I think that it's not, I mean, obviously very not good right now, but I also think that there has been a little too much hemming and hawing for, okay. for what it means. Grand scheme. Like for me, I look at him, like obviously the hips are going to be a problem. Um, I think like, you know, if he gets um, like the screen navigation is not good right now. Um, I think part of that's technique, but he also just doesn't have very good defensive feel right now, in my opinion as good as this feel is on the offensive end, he kind of always feels a little bit behind on plays on defense. Um, so I think like that's stuff that could maybe just come with more time. I, I don't think it's that he's not trying hard. I think it's just generally needs more reps. Um, the bigger thing that I want to see is like, can he improve his closeout technique? Because I think right now his closeout technique is really bad. Like he's mm. awful at, okay, he's not good at funneling somebody one way or the other. Um, like he'll close out with his right hand, but his feet going to the left so like he's giving up baseline, like things like that, that um, I think not that it's necessarily an easy fix, but I think if he really is like bought into becoming a better defender, I think that that's possible. I don't think that he's ever going to be like a great defender, um, just given some of his inherent uh, physical abilities right now. But I mean, like he has shown some good stuff just in terms of hand-eye coordination. Like he's not like I think he had like almost half of his blocks in one game. So take it with a grain of salt, but I do think he's shown some solid recovery abilities, just using his length. Um, 
but also that's because he's getting blown by. So it's it's not like he's actually rotating over and blocking a shot at the rim. It's no, somebody got across me because they cut and I didn't see them moving. And then I was able to, to block them because I'm a better athlete uh, and I'm a bigger player. So I think that kind of stuff, it makes me feel like if they're, if he can really rein in some things that he can get better and become at least, you know, a quality team, team defender. And I think, um, again, it's going to be more so like, how can he get better at handling screening actions? Um, because I, I think like, as long as he doesn't have like a guard on him, he should be fine holding up on ball against bigger players. But again, a lot of it's technique because he does have kind of a high base right now. Um, so I am interested to see how that plays out. But I think it's, again, it's obviously not awesome, but it could be a lot worse than what it is in terms of what it actually means long-term. Um, like he has been an actively harmful def- defender for Michigan right now. Um, but I think just in terms of like long-term projection, I'm not as worried about him being just the massive negative on court. That that's incredibly reassuring to hear. Um, I, cause he's, he's one of these guys, you see the offensive stuff and you're like, Oh my God, yeah. how is he not a top 10 guy? And then you watch him get back cut like four possessions in a row. It's like, come yeah. on, dude. Like you, and you it is this like, exact same thing on yeah. the other end. Like it, yeah. it's Ke- Kendall Brown all over again from last season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, like, I mean, it, it's what helps to, um, or it doesn't help, but at least like, I mean, who is playing good defense for Michigan right now? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's the the whole team has been uh, like their their defense has just been a mess, which has been unfortunate, but also like I, again, like that's one of the things that I really want to see play out over the remainder of the year. Like, can they improve with that? Because they need to. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, it does make you think. Like, okay, if he's playing with a better defensive group that can that can look better, if he's like a little bit more focused, a little bit more engaged. Um, if a strength team can get more out of his, his hips flexibility wise. Um, but yeah, like it's again, like it's it, the long-term prognosis isn't awesome, but it's also not like the worst thing of all time, at least for me. Yeah. And for me, I, I really feel like his landing spot is going to be a huge influence on it. Whereas yeah. if he has this coaching staff and ve- like veterans who are actively contributing on the floor and they make it a priority of like, Hey, you have to do this or you're not, playing or it's are these bad habits just going to be exacerbated and just kind of fed into i i think that's going to be one of the really more fascinating things because i i just in a similar vein to what you were saying i struggle to see him being awful like his entire career just because offensively he has such a high level of recognition and processing and floor awareness that's like okay this some of this has to translate to the defensive end at some point yeah no, exactly. Like I, I tend to view that view that the same way as well, especially because um, like I just tend to think that he's going to have a smaller role. So I think that, you know, especially like if he was coming in as a primary, then, yeah, that's I'd probably be a lot more suspect about the defense and what that could look like. Um, but just given like even with it's not the same, but with AJG, like his defense hasn't been amazing for Atlanta, but I think mm-hmm. he's had a segmented role the defense as a whole has been better. Cause like, again, same thing, like Duke's defense was a mess last year. Yes, it was. Um, so, I mean, that just compounded a lot of the same issues. Like, yeah, AJ is still getting back cut a ton, but he's looked a little bit more spry defending on the ball. His hands have been really good. And you just see like general positives that weren't always there for him last year. So I think, so I think that, you know, maybe you can hope for some of the same stuff with Jed as well. Alrighty. Perfect. Um, next up, which one gets you more excited, Jairus Walker or Julian Phillips? 
Uh, Jairus Walker, probably. Um, and not not that I, I dislike that. Julian, but yeah, Jairus is probably the guy to talk about next. Um, Jairus, he, he has had a very funky start for Houston. I don't want to call it outright like a bad start. I think it has been an underwhelming start based on what expectations were. Like for me, um, I had Jairus as like, the sixth guy in the class headed into this year I because like top five just for like quality like just for background so like the very first time i watched jairus walker was i think it was it was either his sophomore or junior year when montverde and img played and that's the game it's like it's uh jalen duren caleb houston langston love like that montverde team like the reeks on that team as a junior like that team is stacked absolutely loaded IMG was solid too. And obviously, you know, Jairus is on that team. And that's the first time I ever saw him. Like, I I don't see it. I was just like, I did not see it at all. He didn't have an awesome game. Like, I got the idea. I was like, okay, he's extremely big, uh, incredibly athletic, and there are some ball skills. And I was like, that's kind of all I see right now. Like, I don't see touch. I don't see, like, what is there a shot? Does he see the court well? And then last year, he made this absolutely monster leap in terms of his feel for the game his overall skill development. Like he went from somebody who looked like a non-shooter to like, he was taking a very real amount of shots. He was taking pull-ups. Like he had a, a bit of a post game in between game. Um, and the passing was just so much better. Yeah. Like you could see so much more in terms of how he was seeing the court. Um, and that's while also really budding as, as just a pretty monster defender. Um, what's been rough. And I think to me, I didn't get to watch the St. Mary's game yet, but in watching yesterday's game, against Alabama um, before we even talk about the offense. Like I do well offense at large. I think that he's starting to see the court a little bit better, at least the, in that Alabama game, I felt he did, but that's also low bar because there were points like the Oregon game. He just looked lost. Um, like early, like there, have been, it's mostly been him spotting up in the corner and trying to cut baseline and, um, he hasn't really felt good in terms of finding ways to, to, to assert himself within the offense. Um, he hasn't gotten a lot of role opportunities, but also like Houston is arguably the best team in the country. They're not really in this to develop Jarris Walker. So like find, yeah. he has to find ways to, to pick his spots and become available. I think that they did a better job of integrating him and playing him more yesterday in a way that made sense. Like he got a few role opportunities. Um, he got some opportunities to, you know, like just face up and drive that I think were good for him. Um, but he still feels like a little bit of a step slow at the same point though. He did make much better. Like in terms of what, what his playmaking and decision-making was yesterday, I think it felt better, but like a, the most indicative, I, of course I say, we'll talk about his offense in a minute. I like launch into it, but like he had a play where he caught the ball in the second half, um, close side of the court to the camera. And, I think he could have gone up with it. And that's one of the biggest gripes of him right now is what his finishing has been. But um, he jumps and it's an immediate jump pass. Like he makes the read extremely quick to the far corner, but it ends up being a charge because um, somebody, you know, sets position right in front of him, right, right before he, right, like right as he's jumping. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I get the idea of what you're doing. I think that overall, like the execution was good minus the, you know, getting a charge, but it's more of the, okay, I need you to finish hard at the basket. Like, that's been the biggest thing with him. He's looked good on the floaters. Like, the floater hasn't been bad. Like, he's been pretty solid on touch shots. But it's also like, okay, dude, you're six foot eight. 
like 250 pounds and you run like a four five forty, and you can jump over a Mack truck, you got to go up strong with it. And I yeah. think that's been the biggest confusing area for me is why he's doing that. Um, maybe it's like a concrete, I want to work on this type thing. It doesn't really feel like that and watching. It just kind of feels like that's been his go-to and it's been, it's been weird to watch because I think he's, he's leaving a lot on the table by, by doing that as a finisher. Yeah. It, as someone who had him like fourth coming into the season, um, it, it has been, uh, like you said, it's not bad. I, I don't think he's been bad by any means, but it hasn't been the awesome level that I was expecting that we saw at IMG. And I think so much of that is that so frequently he looks like he's just like walking on eggshells, like trying not to upset yes. his coaching staff because he is this freshman coming in to a more senior team with national title expectations. And Kelvin Sampson, I mean, in that Alabama game, he pulled Jairus Walker for like the final seven minutes after he fouled Brandon Miller when Miller kicked out on that three-pointer. So it's been rough because he's not been allowed to do all of the awesome, wild, crazy, absurd things that he did at IMG where he was being that point of attack defender and switching everything at the top of the arc and running point and running in transition and just being this super creative and versatile player. Instead, he's kind of getting the Dylan Mitchell treatment at Texas where it's like, hey, go stand stand in the corner, set a screen now and then and offensive rebound and then go play awesome defense. So I, I am still really, really optimistic about his offensive bag, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just that he hasn't really been allowed to show it. That St. Mary's game that you mentioned he was bad. He sucked in that game, but he got in foul trouble early. Couldn't really get in the rhythm. I thought he was really good in this Alabama game where he was showing a little bit more. Um, I thought his defense was exceptional, um, especially off ball as that low man. Uh, there was one play where he was in the weak side corner. They set a high uh, pick and roll. He tags, not only tags the roller, but gets rim side to keep him out of the restricted area, then recovers to his man to intercept the skip pass and then takes it and gets fouled at the other rim. It's like, perfect. Love that. That's incredible. Um, and then, you know, a couple of possessions later, he has this DHO keeper where he, you know, keeps it, you know, a clowny jumps the uh, sasser who's coming over. He keeps it, drives, dumps it off. Um, and, you know, they get an easy dunk. It's like, okay, this is the stuff that Houston really should be leveraging and utilizing more. So I'm hoping that Kelvin Sampson get, let you know, lets out the leash a little bit, lets him do a little bit more creative stuff and doesn't punish him every time he makes a mistake. Cause that has kind of seemed to be the common theme there. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's funny too. Cause even yesterday, like Terrence Arsenal had an extremely short leash. Like I, there was a, there, it was Terrence, Terrence like got one stint in the first half, had a turnover, got yanked. And then, and also just to be like, I'm not on Kelvin about this. Like they're, they're trying to win a national title right, this year. Right. Um, but then it was like in the second half, okay, Terrence is in the far corner. And you can see Calvin like automatically calling for for Terrence, like yelling Terrence's name to come over and exchange corners, walks all the way down, still screaming his name for this is like a 15-second ordeal. And then as soon as the possession's over, Terrence is done for the game. Like, cause he'd never heard him. And like, so you know, Calvin's like, no, no, we gotta, we gotta get you out of there. Um but yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think what at least was encouraging is that we saw more of the flashes of like, okay, here's what we can do with him in the offense. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I would like, it's one of those things where it's, it's almost what is the right option? You know, like I, I do wonder if, 
and not that I think Gigi Jackson is like developing poorly or something like that, but it's like, okay, if you let, if Jarris Walker goes to like South Carolina or somewhere that is going to give him 32, 33% usage, how does that go? You know, does he develop bad habits? Uh, what does that look like? Is it too much, especially with what he looked like at the beginning of the year? It's like, okay, well, does he struggle with his feel because of being in a smaller role or is it just because he's getting acclimated at the college level? And then that really makes you think, okay, well, then how would that go if he was in that spot? So it's one of those things developmentally that always kind of gives me a gives me fits in trying to think it out. But like you mentioned, I think like at least the, they can go back on tape and be like, okay, these things worked. Like um, they had the an empty corner pick and roll. And it was more like, I mean, the corner was empty, but they ran it in the slot. And it was Jarris basically just giving a brush screen and then caught the ball and damn near killed Noah Clowney at the rim. Oh, my God, yes. dunk. <laughs> um, And it's like that kind of stuff where he yeah. doesn't have to think at all. Get him the ball one step and up. Like that's the stuff that I think they need to do more of all year. And part of what's difficult is like they haven't had any issue pressuring the rim because yeah. Sasser's so good. Tremont Mark is, is awesome. Like that team is – I mean, Jamal Shedd was – I was not ready for that dunk at the beginning of the game yesterday. No, he was I actually nearly really, really damn chair. good yesterday too. Like, awesome. um, so like, I think part of, again, like it's, it's just weird because it, it almost feels like he doesn't make sense of the team at times on offense. But then like you mentioned the defense, like the defense to me, I think what really helps is that the defense is legitimately like game changing stuff. Like, I think he's going to be it. If he at least gets enough minutes offensively, like he can be a game changing defender. Like he had part of it is like obviously Brandon is a very below the rim finisher right now, but he had that uh, block as a primary rim protector, just absolutely sending Brandon's shit back. Um, he was really good switching out. Uh, he was capable of hedging and trapping yesterday. Um, they, I mean, there were multiple times when Alabama is kind of switch hunting and they did everything they could to get off of Jarris because he would get switched on. And they're like, no, we don't want you on me. Um, so that was fun to watch. Like, like you mentioned, the just tagging in general, he's been really good. Like, yeah. there are, uh, I don't, I can't remember who said this to me, but it made me think too. Like, there are a lot of guys who will just like, they'll tag, but without like actually fully tagging it's like they're actually playing like a just like two hand tags every time and i love that because like you mentioned too like how many guys in the country could actually make that okay i'm doing a two-hand aggressive tag and then i'm stealing the ball and shooting the gap like that was i mean that play yesterday was awesome um so i think you can see all the things as much as there have been difficulties on on the offensive side of the ball i don't really have any questions about the defense right now like i do think that they're obviously going to be like you know, how good can he become as a primary rim protector? Like, can you really get away with playing him at the five that much? Um, what is, you know, what is his I quote unquote ideal position? Because I do think that plays into how important his offense is, you know, like, um, but I, I like, I think I've kind of viewed him more in the mold of becoming a four or five, like somebody yeah. who obviously he's not bam. Um, so I don't love doing the comp, but like having somebody who can handle a little bit, who has some ability and fluidity to get downhill, who has the playmaking feel and flashes to do some high post stuff maybe. Um, and it just depends on skill development from there. And from what I've heard, cause like I know a couple of people who work with the Houston program, they've said that he is just like a crazy hard worker. Um, and I would, I mean, based on what he did the last two years, I believe that. Um, so again, like it's been the first like six games were really discouraging to a point, but these last couple, I think there, there's been real reason for, to, to be optimistic about how he's starting to look. 
Yeah, well, first off, you're you're in a very safe space when it comes to comps. Um, I I hate them, but I, I understand the the necessary evil of them. So yeah. it, it's always you know shades of you know pieces of type of role, not sure. necessarily a one for one. So no worries, you're good. Um, <laughs> the the defense. What do you think his ceiling could be? Do you want him being that low man, just kind of being that free safety back there who is making all of these off ball reads and being really disruptive, um, you know, kind of in a similar vein to, you know, very obviously different roles, but something similar that we saw like Tyrese Halliburton do at Iowa State or Devin Vassell do at Florida State where they're almost controlling that entire weak side by themselves uh, or do you want him being that more disruptive point of attack switching on the perimeter kind of like he did at IMG I think that's what what makes him fascinating is that I feel like you can kind of do a little so bit of both just, yes <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly I think it's almost a blessing and a curse because it's like the same stuff that that we talk about with again like a like a bam um because of like as good as as, as incredibly switchy and good as bam is like Miami can get themselves in trouble sometimes because they're so comfortable with switching him out that they get themselves abused on the backside because like, okay, well, Kyle Lowry is, is our low man or Caleb Martin is defending a five and like they're going to fight, but also as much as like, it'll always come down to, well, you know, like we're, we're, we're comfortable giving up any switch because we know our guys are going to compete one-on-one like, yeah, sure. But also like it is an inherent disadvantage. Like you can say that all you want, but I've, I watched what happened like that, you know, it, it just doesn't work as well. So it, it depends on team construct, of course, but I think that's part of what makes him exciting is like, okay, you can kind of do a ton of things with him that are, are all like, I don't really think I look at him as ha- having a major flaw other than like, I don't even think his screen navigation is bad. Like you're also not really asking him to navigate screens. Um, but like, cause I think he's ideally in a switch heavy defense. Um, and I like, I, I mean, we haven't really, we haven't seen him play drop at all. I don't think at Houston, he really didn't at, at IMG either. So I think like, it's going to be, you know, how good can he get at doing some of the more technical things? Um, but I mean, yeah, he's just a guy who I think the, the biggest thing is like that you can have a defender out there who the, the offense is saying like, we don't want him involved in our actions, but also we don't really want him off the ball because then that allows him to roam and, and, and blow shit up. It gives them, you know, it gives them a headache, gives them a quandary. And I think that's in itself, like that's a win. So I, I think there's definitely a lot of room to figure out what he's going to be, but there's also a reason why that's exciting. So last thing with his offense, what do you think his ideal role is? It, do you think it is more of that kind of freedom to create his own in transition or on DHOs and just kind of, out of isolation like he did at, at IMG or do you want to see that rain back a little bit and somewhere in the middle of basically where he is now where it's nothing or you know the bare minimum and what it was then yeah um I think it has to be a blend of the two like I obviously I don't think that I view him as being a guy who's going to carry tons and tons of usage but mm-hmm. also um like I think if you're not working in the idea of him being somebody who can handle, who does have like the real ability to to make open court plays and um, you know, just to to be somebody who can make decisions. Like I think if you're not growing him into somebody who can be a decision maker, then I think that you're underutilizing the pick almost. Um, because I think like that's what I really envision him being is like a a real like handoff hub um who can again, like it's gonna depend on how the scoring continues to grow out. Um, but 
yeah, I think like, again, like just making things difficult on opposing teams, because if having somebody who's six, eight, two fifty that is running the floor with the ball can like that, that makes it difficult to defend in transition. Like it, okay. It makes you, you, you have to be way more careful getting back. You can't really just lay off of him if he's coming up because he can get a full head of steam and just go to the rim. Like there's a, I want to see a team really lean into what I think he can do. Um, sorry, I lied. That isn't the last thing. No, you're good. Um, so got to ask about the shot. Um, sure. Cause that was, you know, the, the big question mark with him coming in and, uh, you know, I, I think it's still fair to have that be a question. Um, I have confidence in it being fine. And I think that's all it really needs to be. I don't think he needs to be a lights out shooter or anything. Um, but, just as long as he's getting defenders to hesitate or second guess when he pump fakes or, you know, forces them to close out in some form or fashion. Um, Cause I, I think he has good touch. Uh, he tends to kind of lean back in the shot a little too much. Um, I think he's cleaned a lot of that up since high school, but it still rears its ugly head every now and then. Where are you at with the shot as it is kind of now? And then, you know, projecting to the future. Yeah, I agree. I think it's mainly like, it's going to, like I need to see him continue to get more up. Um, like I think that he did, he has checked out of some this year, which has been like, like I think pretty routinely he's hesitated with stuff. Like he's gotten quite, a, I think uh, it feels like half of his turnovers are probably off of travels. And it's not because mm-hmm. he can't dribble, it's just like he gets caught in between doing things, which is again, like that plays into the how he's been just feel wise. Um, I think the shot looks fine like it's it could be better i think it looks really good it's just a set shot right now particularly out of the corners um but like you know okay well to get more out of him can he you know coming off of a ghost screen or a brush screen can he you know going to his right or left get set enough and be comfortable and getting a shot off when a contest comes and make defenses have to worry um because i think that's like the next stage for him not that i think that he needs to be a crazy movement shooter but like can he at least make you know, can you make defenses care a little bit more mm-hmm. is going to be important, but that still feels like a ways off. And that's probably going to be stuff we're talking about far into his pro career still. All right. Um, well, let's then wrap up with Julian Phillips, who I loved uh, coming out of high school. I thought that, you know, hit that perimeter defensive pairing with Jordan Walsh in high school was an immense amount of fun. Um, that link team, they play, they, they were, play a really fun bit, especially with Terrace Reed. Yes. Oh, I, dude, he's, <laughs> I really want to see him get more minutes for, for Michigan. He's fun. Yeah. Um, but Julian kind of got off to a slow start and I was like, Oh no, another Rick Barnes <laughs> fiasco. We're, yeah. we're, we're in for another one. Um, but these last five to eight games, he's really kind of started to pick things up. So wh- where are you at with Julian? He's somebody who I, it's funny because I did a, like a early season thing. at Cerebro um, before, obviously before the season started on like, you know, just looking out at like, you know, we did like returning players, uh, guys to watch out for players who could rise that maybe aren't being viewed as one and done that could be. And Julian was my guy who I was like, I think he ends up being like the big riser this year um, that people weren't really anticipating. And I think he's done a lot of the things for why I think that um, like he is kind of vexing because I watch him at, like w- w- whenever I watch link to watch Jordan Walsh and, 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 and Taurus, like you see Julian, it's like, you see all the ideas of what he can be because mm-hmm. like he's shooting better on threes now. 
Um, like like you mentioned over the last five, I think he's shooting around like 35, 36%, which compared to his regular, like the whole season, like a lot better because he started off pretty slow. But um, he's never been like a great shooter, which is what makes it weird. Like he shot well inside the arc. I'm like, and his form looks good. Like the shot overall, like looks good, but it's also been a lot of flashes. But what's been fun is that it feels like he's at least found a couple things that he's really been able to root his game into. And then that just makes the base of what he brings all that much more exciting for teams, I feel like. And to me, like, that's somebody I look at every single year. There's, like, one or two guys who are going to be talked about as being, like, a year away, but they have enough in the bag here, and the production has been good enough where teams are going to be very interested in taking them. And Julian is very much that guy. Like, um, the foul drawing has been quite legit and it's like i think a lot of people looked at the usc game and they're like oh well you know it's just because he was attacking out of the middle of his own but even then like in the he's drawn close to 10 fouls in i think five of his games like it's it's been impressive stuff like the only game where he hasn't gotten the foul line was against kansas and that was as much as that was a rough offensive game for him i thought that was the best defensive showing from him like he completely took um completely took grady dick out of that game which was, I mean, that was a huge win from from Tennessee. Um, and they just won again today against the ranked Maryland team. So they're going to, I'm trying to, they'll be in top five tomorrow probably. But um, yeah, like the the offense is like, again, it's more like off-ball wing who can, has some flashes of handle. Like that's the biggest question for me. Like I think he shows driving ability, but mm. he's not quite strong enough on the ball. The handle's not really that tight. Um but there are the flashes and it's like, okay, well, when he does get there, that's really cool. Or like, you know, this and that. And it's like, you know, you, you factor in that he's young, that he hasn't really grown into his body fully yet. And again, it's like you envision that stuff out and you're like, okay, I see that. Like, I get that. That's an extremely enticing player that teams are going to be bought into because they're always looking for scoring wings. And he has a solid feel for the game too. Like, I don't think he's a great passer by any stretch, but he makes good good decisions within he makes decent decisions within the flow of the offense i never feel like he's trying to dominate like i think that he's pretty good at asserting himself without also you know overly taking things over um and he can make like some okay plays off the off the dribble too so i think like that inherently again like when you're talking about a guy who's still figuring out their driving like that's an, a win um and then defensively like he has really good hands he's extremely long i don't really know that i believe in in a, a ton of rim protection from him. Like he can do some weak side stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily anything that is going to cause offenses to, to game plan differently. I feel like a lot of his blocks are just like, I'm bigger, faster, taller than the competition. Like that's part of being a high RSCI guy. Um, but like the, again, like I mentioned with the Kansas game, like the way that he played Grady Dick was, was really good stuff, especially considering he factored in a lot less offensively. And like, I always, at least something I try and do do more now. Like when I see a player who gets kind of taken out of what their element is, okay, well, how do they insert their their themselves on the game? How do they imprint themselves and, and make mm -hmm. themselves a, a factor? And and Julian did in that game. And that was huge. That was really huge to see. So I uh I'm excited to keep following along with him because he definitely feels like somebody who is going to rise into the first round just based on what his play has been overall and him trending upwards right now and Tennessee as a whole trending upwards. Um, but SEC play is going to be really pivotal for him because that's going to be a lot of physicality and a lot of teams that are you know, going to have 
an entire, you know, two months of scout on him from, uh, from watching non-conference. So it's, uh, he's one of the guys over the next couple months, that's going to be really fun to follow along with. Yeah. And I, I think something that really stands out to me about his game is that you can just clearly see like how much he's thinking and processing the game on both ends of the floor where everything he's doing away from the ball, it it feels like really thoughtful. And I I mean this in a good way, not that he's overthinking things or anything like that, but like when he cuts, sometimes he tends to like cut into a guy posting up or cut into a guy's driving lane, but the idea was there and like he sets up his guy and like, it's a good cut just poor timing with it the off-ball defense stuff like he's really active on the weak side you know a lot of that similar tagging and recovering that we talked about with Jarris. not quite as physical obviously because Jarris is a minotaur and julian is a normal ish human human being and then he transfers that into just like really effortless on-ball defense and i i think the defense right now is really legitimate and it, basically showing up um, consistently on a nightly basis, which is incredibly encouraging for, you know, a, a pure freshman. And it's something we don't always see. So even though the offense I think is a little more raw, the fact that the defense is there and then the offense, there are these flashes, like you were saying of, Oh, okay. There is something to really build on here. And they're not like flashes of, Oh, that was cool. We'll see that one more time in three months from now type of thing. It's like, Oh, okay. That's a flash where, there's a legitimate foundation that we can kind of keep building on Um, the shot. I really like the upper body mechanics. They're fluid. They're consistent. It's the lower body stuff that he has to figure out the feet placement, the, um, the wide stance, the right foot is sometimes even or behind the left foot. It's like, Ooh, all right, you got to clean that up, but I would rather figure that out than, you know, fixing elbow or release issues and a lack of fluidity up top. So I'm I'm really excited about how he kind of continues to grow. I hope he keeps getting these early season opportunities because I these last three games, I mean, he's gotten to the free throw line uh, ten times, seven times, eight times, zero against Kansas, but then twelve against USC and six against Butler the game before that, and then twelve the game before that. So he's attacking the rim. He's being really um, active on the offensive glass. He's cutting. He's keeping it simple. He's, it doesn't feel like he's really pressing or trying to do more than he's capable of or more than he should, um, which he, he is a trap that he could easily fall into on that Tennessee team. And he's avoiding it, avoiding it. And I think it's really going to continue paying dividends for him. Yeah. I like what you mentioned too. Cause even just like in thinking about it again with the free throws, like despite being a guy who is like 200 pounds soaking wet at six foot eight or six foot nine, he doesn't play like it. Like he plays very physically mm-hmm. on both ends of the ball, which I appreciate. Um, like it's obviously he's not Jaden McDaniels, but again, it's like that same idea, like not to that level. Cause Jaden McDaniels is like crazy functional strength, but yeah, I think same idea. And like you mentioned too, with the shot, it's interesting because like, I just think it's something we see a lot with why refreshment, like Ryan Rollins had the same issue when he was a shooter his first year at Toledo like I think it cleaned up a lot last year as he got a little bit stronger and added some muscle on I think it's going to be the same thing with Julian because you could see that at times with Link too like that you can see like it never felt like the upper body was bad but the lower body is just like he's very clearly thin like it needs to needs to figure that aspect out and and get stronger and I think that's going to happen um because everything else like that in terms of just touch indicator and where it's at I feel good about but yeah it's just the actually improving strength is going to be um is going to be key for him. 
So as we kind of project forward, obviously, you know, draft is six, seven months from now. So it's in eternity in basketball years. Um, (laughs) Taking closer and closer, though. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. By the day. Is this a guy that we that you think ends up kind of keeping his name in the draft and ends up being a one one and done? Or do you think he's going to be one of these guys who comes back and has a big sophomore year? I think he goes this year. Um, I could end up being fully wrong on that. I don't, I don't have the feeling that he's going to fall apart in SEC play. Yeah. Like, um, I think that he's done a lot of replicable things. He's really like, it hasn't just been random heaters. Like he's done stuff that's baked into Tennessee's offense. It hasn't just felt like I'm getting the ball here. Like, I, cause I think you could look at USC and be like, maybe that ends up just being a one-off game because they needed him to flash middle and be really effective for them. But again, like you look at, okay, well, he's been, incredibly productive since then it's not like it was just a like yes that game inherently on its own is like a little bit murky like i think that the some of the numbers are are bigger than they really mean just because of like what the actual context was but again based on everything else i think like you can pull together a pretty clean picture of what he is and it seems to based on more public boards and just in general that he is um you know going to start getting some more of that traction i don't think he's gotten any first uh, I would probably have him into the first now, probably more in like Same. the back end of the twenties. Yeah. Um, I need to do a public board sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's going to be climbing up into that relatively soon. Whenever we get like the next real drop of boards, I would imagine he's up there. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I think he's one of those guys where end of the first, I'd be like, yeah, there are a lot worse options to take a flyer on. Yeah. Um, I'm just very excited. Like you said a couple times, SEC play. It's going to be so much fun this year. Yeah. Um, but Mark, before we wrap up, um, I tend to end every episode by asking what's the best thing in the basketball world you saw recently. Uh, you can go however deep or shallow you want in this. Um, it can be from any walk of basketball life. It can be from the YMCA gym. You Something cool you saw your, your neighbor do in the driveway, something in the NBA. Um, but what is the best thing in the basketball world that you saw recently? Best thing I saw in the basketball world recently. Um, it, may, it might not even be best thing, but it's just thing that I think made me think the most um, in terms of like how teams attack defenses. Um, Maryland and Notre Dame played recently on, on the women's side. And I, I obviously like I cover the WNBA. I do stuff covering the draft over there too. And um, really exciting prospect this year named Diamond Miller who's like a kind of like a big combo forward with guard skills, but she also can like, she can basically play every position. It's kind of wild. Um, but Notre Dame was like switching all their forwards uh, and trying to just muck things up so that she couldn't really get any separation. So then Maryland, the entire second half, just like ran her off elevator screens to make it harder for some of the switches. So they would like run her outside elevator screens to make it a lot harder to just part up the middle of, of uh, to, to just like part up the middle for, to make switches easier um uh i mean basically they did it to make switches harder my bad i can't all over the place um and it was just super fun to watch because everything was with a purpose it was always to like get her into space against a slower footed defender or a smaller defender because she's like she's too strong for for guards and she's got too good of a handle to just put a guard on and, and take away her handle and get up into her um so yeah basically like maryland was uh doing it, it just made me really rethink the idea of um, how teams work to get matchups, how they work to take advantage of a defense. Because, like, I think obviously you typically, like, hear and uh, think about switch hunting or 
the way that teams are taking advantage of things. And it was cool because like Maryland found ways to really take advantage of things that Notre Dame was inherently doing to not get matchup hunted and took advantage of it. And it was like, it was just cool to see. It feels like I'm just like seeing more of how strategy actually plays out in game. Um, so I really appreciated that. And also I encourage people to watch Diamond Miller play basketball because she is unreal. Like one of my favorite prospects I've ever watched. Um, super funky player. I have no idea what she's going to be. And that's part of why it's exciting. So um, yeah, basketball is pretty great, man. It, it certainly is. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for your time. This was a blast. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can read and listen to you and just however they can support you. Well, I appreciate this. Thanks a ton for having me on, man. I know we'd like, you know, kind of talked and parting at times. So I'm glad we could actually catch up in person. Uh, you know, it's closely in person, <laughs> but um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. Um, I should have a decent amount coming out this week. I'm flying out to California to go do a feature tomorrow, actually, um, or I guess today. Now that's Monday. But um, yeah, a lot on the horizon. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, but I'm looking forward to it. Very exciting. Uh can't wait for that. I'm sure it will be incredible as Thank always. You. But once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, you can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see you.